You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. I, I, I don't know about you, but I guess as a pastor, and I you know, talk to so many people throughout the week and have so many questions and things thrown at me, I hear a lot of fear. I hear a lot of confusion. I hear a lot of anger. And I hear a lot of stupid. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> I, hear, I hear a lot of that, you know? And, and, and you know, we, we live in the unprecedented times. Okay, all the stuff that kind of is going on as far as our emotions and all that kind of stuff, it, it's always been around. But, you know, just the way things are with our, our instantaneous technology today, I mean, somebody, one person can just get way out on a limb with an idea, obsess about it, and they can get online, you know, go to social media or something and post something, and in a few hours have hundreds of people say, yeah, that's right. You know, in a few days, in a few weeks, have thousands or tens of thousands or even a million people that are jumping on the bandwagon like those proverbial lemmings. You know about the lemmings, how they run and they jump off the cliff, you know, because they just all follow one another. Well, you know, you know that is a myth, right? But, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing, though, that gets on, you know, social media. Of course, that's an old one. You know, and that, that one, though, it took years for that to actually get around into the, into the, just the norm of our thinking that lemmings are these, these things that just run off the cliff because everybody else is. You know, you want to be a, you know, you want to do what everybody else is doing. You want to be like a lemming and just run off the cliff because everybody else is. That, that's a myth. But that took years for it to get into our, our thinking. But these days, as quick as instantaneous, as I said, you know, there's, you know, social media, uh, YouTube, uh, internet. I mean, things like that can just happen. And all of a sudden, one person get afraid of something. One person. And everybody's afraid. One person get confused, and everybody's confused. One person get angry, and everybody gets angry. And one person gets stupid, and everybody gets stupid, right? And you know, it's not supposed to be that way. Now, Jesus said, he said, and he was talking about like we call it last days or latter times, he was talking about during that time, he said, men's hearts will even be failing them for fear. The fear inside of them will cause their hearts to fail them. And I, I look around and I see a lot of that. But you know what? That's, that wasn't Jesus' message. That wasn't what he was saying. And, and he didn't say, my followers' hearts will be failing them for fear. That's not what he said. He said, men's hearts. He didn't say that about his followers because you know what he told his followers? When you see that kind of stuff happen, lift up your head. Don't look down. Lift up your head. And look, because your redemption is coming closer and closer and closer. It's drawing nigh. He said uh, in John chapter 14, verse 1, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, he said men's hearts are failing. So, so people out there in the world, people out there on social media, whatever, their hearts are failing them for fear. I mean, their common sense is failing them for fear. But Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Yesterday, I saw several people posted, the, you know, the picture from the from the U Bible uh, the ver- app, the U Bible version, the U the U version Bible app, <laughs> whatever it is, right? And I know a lot of you follow. And and it was from Isaiah, and even Isaiah. This is Old Testament before Jesus came. Even Isaiah said, "Don't be afraid." 
That was the, the verse of the day from, yes, from yesterday in the, in the YouVersion app. It's don't be afraid. And someone posted, uh, I think it was earlier this week, they posted, and you've probably seen this before, that uh, someone had counted 365 times in the Bible that it says fear not. One for, that's really cool, right? One for every day of the year. So no matter what, what day is it, you, you having a good day or bad day? I've, I've told several people, yesterday was two-day day for me. Y'all ever have one of those, like two days, squeezed all into one day? You know, I had, that was the way I had yesterday. And guess what? There is a do not fear promise for yet that day. And there's a do not fear promise for today. And there's a do not fear promise for, now I, I saw where someone argued, said, no, really, I counted again. There's more than 365. Sounds good to me. That means there is more than enough of God's peace for whatever I'm going to be dealing with. I do not have to be afraid. I do not have to be fearful. Now, the Apostle Paul, when he was talking about this in the first letter to the Thessalonians, he, he, said, he said, don't be sorrowful as if, as if you have no hope. Don't be sorrowful. And then in the second letter to the Thessalonians, let's read that one together. Now, I don't give you the whole thing, just, just two verses there. And I don't even give you those two verses, okay? But I just want you to see what he says. In, in all of this kind of stuff happening all around you, don't be so easily shaken or alarmed. L listen, the world, their hearts are failing them for fear, but don't be so easily shaken or alarmed. Don't believe them. Don't believe, come on, don't believe everything you read on Facebook. You know, don't be fooled. That's what Paul says. So how in the world is it then? How in the world is it then that we, Christians, Bible-believing folks, people who are following after Christ, still get caught up in the confusion and in the fear and sometimes even in the anger and sometimes even in the stupid? How, how is it that we get caught up in that? But the biggest question is, what's the remedy? What's the answer? What's the solution? I got it for you. I've got, the, I've got the answer for you, if, for, for the church at least. I, you know, I can't help them yet, but I can help those of you who are following Christ. I can tell you, here it is, is every one of us has got to decide for us, because I can't decide for you. You have to decide for yourself that this is the year I listen to God. That, that, that's, that's the solution, because the world, is, the world is spouting its confusion and fear and anger and stupid, but when we listen to God, all those things that I've told you in my lengthy introduction here, it's what we get to hear because we're followers of Christ. Then we shouldn't be fearful. We shouldn't be confused. We shouldn't be angry about those things, and we should not be stupid about them either. Don't be fooled, right? Don't be stupid. Don't be fooled. So let's have a word of prayer. Let's talk about listening to God this year. Okay, Father, I love you. And God, I thank you, Lord. And as we right now really just focus in that I need to hear you better this year than I've ever heard you before. I need to listen to your words. I don't need to just hear them in my ear. I need to listen to them and they need to become part of me. Help us, God. Help us, God. God, so we can, we can not be swayed by every single thing that comes down the pike. So that we can stand in our confidence and we can stand in our faith and we, we can stand in our assurance and know, God, that, that no matter what is going on around us and what is being said around us and what others think, to know that, God, everything is, is okay because you said everything is okay. For us, do not let our heart be troubled. Help us in this. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay. So let's talk about listening to God this year. First of all, let me say this, is that... As Christians, 
we have the responsibility to listen to God. Okay, now listen. Get this. Not because God's, you know, just up there and being an ogre and said, you, you got to listen to me. He doesn't require the word. I mean, he doesn't require that. We required that when we said, I want to be a follower of Christ. Then we said, I need, we put ourselves in that responsibility of listening to God. Okay, now, let me ask you this. Some of you are still living at home. Some of you, you're teenagers and, and some, maybe some of you adults too. I don't know. But uh, you're still living at home. You're still living with your mom or whatever. But even those who aren't, can you think back just a few years to when you did? Now, when your mom told you something, were you responsible for everything she said or just the stuff that you decided to listen to? I mean, if she said, I told you yesterday, did you say, yeah, I heard you talking, but I decided I wouldn't listen to that part. No, she, she, she probably, what did they talk about? Uh, slapping you so hard that the date changes before you wake up, right? Kind of a thing in the next week, right? Right? What are you responsible for? Or when, you, when you're in school, and some of you still in school, some of you back in school, and that kind of thing. When you're in school, and you, and you come in with your, with your uh, homework, or, or maybe you take a test or whatever, and you miss everything in, in one of the sections. You miss every single question, and you go to the teacher after and say, I don't understand why I got all these wrong. He said, well, it's from this chapter, and everything's in that chapter. And you say, oh, yeah, but I, I really just didn't want to read that chapter. Then does the teacher say, oh, okay, well, I'll just not count that one against you since you chose not. Is that, is that the way it is? So then this question. As Christians who have chosen to be followers of God and followers of His Word, are we responsible for the Word that we read last year or for everything that is in that book? You know, are we responsible for the sermons that we sat down to listen to or the Bible studies that we did make it to? Are we responsible for everything that God has put in front of us to enable us to eat and drink and take from. You see, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility, just like we do with everything. We understand it with everything else. It's almost like we pick and choose. Like, well, you know, it's, it's out there, but I didn't read that part. We have a responsibility to hear that. Now, I, I, I know if you're not a Christian or, or if you're a jaded Christian or if, you, if you're a Christian, you're angry about a whole lot of stuff or whatever. You know what you're thinking? You think, that I'm talking about a rude and mean God. A rude and mean God, right? I mean, he's rude, he's mean. You know what I mean, right? I mean, he wants to tell us how to live. He wants to tell us what to do with our money. He wants to tell us how to treat other people. He wants to tell us about what to do with our relationships, right? I mean, it's, how, how could God be so rude and so mean? I mean, you know, it, you know it's, like, it's like when we have a decision to make, God wants to give his input from an omniscient perspective of knowing every single thing going on. He wants to give his input. Can you believe that? Can you believe that God would want to give his input if i got to make a decision? And when I've, do, I've got something going on in my life that is a danger to me, he wants to warn me. How rude could God be, right? How rude could he be to actually want to have input into my life? Or, or like when uh, we get a blessing, we get blessed, God wants us to actually bless somebody else. You know, you know, I, I know what the, the way the world is like. Okay, we get a blessing. And, oh, good! Look at this. You know, goes right in our pocket. And God's like, I want you to bless somebody else. Don't look around. See, there, there's somebody else around you that might need a little something, 
or, or when we get our feelings hurt and somebody, somebody is short with us or somebody is angry with us, somebody accuses us of something. Do you, believe, do you believe this, that God actually wants us to look at somebody else and maybe consider what they've been going through in their life? That He wants us to be considerate of others? Or when we are wrong, God wants us to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive again and again and again and again? What a mean God! I mean, how rude and how mean could he be? And you guys know I'm being facetious, right? Just making sure, right? Everybody knows that. But it's like, those are the things that we blame God for of being rude and and mean and and wanting to run and control our life. Yet it's it's just God saying, hey, I've got all your answers. If you just listen for a minute. If you'll take the time to read my word. If you take the time to let me pour something into you. I've got all your answers. But we treat God like he's rude and mean. How, How dare could he expect me to read his read his word every single day and try to get through the whole thing and try to understand it all so I can make my life better. What? How dare he? You see, so there's, there's a couple of reasons to listen to God then. One of them is just because he, he's trying to help. There's so much awesome. There's so much blessing. I skipped. Can you get me back to that scripture I skipped a moment ago, Tommy? Let me give you this one because it, it's good. It drops in right here. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, God says, Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about things to come. So think about the flip side of that. When I am not asking and listening, what remarkable secret am I missing? What is it that God... God, Now, to Jeremiah, God is saying, I got some remarkable secrets I want to tell you, Jeremiah. What remarkable secrets does he want to tell you? But we can't slow down long enough to hear them, can we? And he said, please. And so, so... God's not being a rude or a mean God, but then also it's, it's not just because of the good and, and the blessing and, and the, the powerful words that he wants to speak into our life, but the knowledge that he has and how he can tell you when you're wanting to buy that piece of property, you want to do this thing in your life or whatever. And he says, no, I, I see this happening down the road and God wants to give you that advice and those kinds of things. It's not just we need to do it because hey, he's got all that, but it's also this as well. Is that God is God. He's not just a wise man. He's God. And if he's God, he has the right and the privilege to tell you anything he wants. He created this life. And so on one hand, it's like, man, listen, he created it so he knows how it's going to work best. But on the other hand, he created it. I mean, he is kind of like your mama. He brought you into this world and, you know, right? He's God. He's God. Right, and, and you know, this is the thing, this is the thing that the world doesn't get. They don't get this part right here. But Dave and I were watching one of our, one of our shows that we like to watch that, you know, been, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, because of coronavirus, you know, they couldn't record, couldn't, finally they got one recorded, got it in the can, they played it one night, so we had it recorded because we don't like to watch commercials, so we recorded it, we watched it a little later, right, and, and it got to the end of it, and it's just like, you know, and, and it seems like all these shows now, it's, they're, they're all trying to, you know, they're all trying to connect to everything going on in the world, trying to be contemporary to what's going on in the world. I mean, you know, they're wearing their face masks and those kinds of things. But this particular show decided they would take the church to task. Yeah, I won't tell you what the show is. You can ask me later. I'll, I'll talk to you about it. I won't tell you not right now. Okay, but, but decided to take the church to task about this, this thing and this thing and this thing. And at the very end, there was this speech given by the main character, this speech that was given. And, and when it went off, I said, the world just, I just said to Dave, I said, the world just doesn't get it. They don't understand this. Christianity is not 
a belief system. It's not just a bunch of moral laws and rules and ideas that we live our life by. It's not like Buddhism or Confucianism where it's, you know, you've just got all this stuff that I think I'll live my life by this because this is probably a good road to kind of follow along. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is faith. Christianity is, is, is faith. It's about, I, I, I wanted to make sure I get this said. Just to, I wanted you to hear this. So I, I wrote it down this way so we could read this together. Christianity is the belief that God created everything, that He is sovereign because He created it. He owns it all. He is sovereign. He sent His Son to bring us back to Him through His own sacrifice. Because he desperately wants relationship with us. He wants to be involved in our lives. He wants to help us and guide us, warn us, and protect us. That's what Christianity is. But the world doesn't get that. And so what the world does, they want to take us to task when we say, hey, God said this is the best way. God says this. Pick whatever you want to pick. I mean, I started to say one or two, but I'm just going to get you thinking about that one thing. You're not thinking about everything, so I'm not going to say one. Whatever you want to pick, what the world says and, and God says, and, and say, what? no, no, that's wrong because of this. It's, it's not, we, we're not, we're not saying this just because you and I voted on it last night, but God who created this life that we have says this is the way it works best. If you do it this way, it's not going to work best. You know, I, I've, I've kind of used the example a lot of times. If your refrigerator breaks down, don't go get your car manual out of the glove compartment and try to fix your refrigerator, right? And when your life is broken down, you know, don't go ask people that didn't create it. Go to the one that created it, that knows why it's not working right, that knows why it's missing, that knows why it's leaking, that knows why it's about to explode on you. He's the, one that can, he's the one that can give you all of that. And let me, let me, give, you, let me, let me give you another, just, I hope another tidbit here in the Scripture from Isaiah that I think just one more thing to hopefully whet your appetite for getting deeper into hearing the Word of God. Isaiah 30, 21, your own ears will hear God. That's the hymn that is there. Your own ears will hear Him, God. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way to... This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. That's what we have when we're listening to God, like a voice inside of us saying, go to the, go to the right or go to the left. This is what, this is what the promises of, of the Word tell us is we have that kind of direction for our lives. And so if we don't have that, we're wandering aimlessly around. So my charge to you, my encouragement to you is listen to God. Listen to God. Don't feel your way through life. You ever uh, had to feel your way through a haunted house? Whenever I think of feeling my way, that's what I feel. I, I remember when I was about eight, nine years old, and, and I get inside, and they turn the lights out, and I'm like, I mean, I'm screaming, you know, and I'm trying to find my way out and everything. And thankfully, there's a teenage girl up in front of me, and she, she turns around, she grabs a hold. There's another little kid beside me. I don't know him. He's screaming too. She grabs him by the hand, and, and she says, she tells me to hang on to her purse. And so she's feeling with her one hand that she's got because she's got these two little kids screaming, you know. And then I walk out like, hey, you know, I'm brave. I went through the haunted house. 
I'm standing down there at the, and, uh, you know, watching everybody else go through that thing. Y'all, y'all crazy. Y'all fools. Don't go through that. Don't and, and then I realized there is a speaker up there and they can hear everything that is going on inside of there. And all those people heard me screaming the bloody murder and scared to death out there. And uh, I just held on to somebody that was feeling their way. So when I think of feeling their way, I think of feeling my way through the darkness. You know what? You don't have to do that. You don't have to feel your way through the darkness. You ever heard someone say, you ever heard someone say, I prayed about it and I feel, you know, when I hear somebody say that, this is one of those times I wish I had just a portable button to carry around with me that was a buzzer. I go, "Eh, wrong. When you pray and you feel like, you know what you need to do? You need to pray some more. Because the Bible does not tell us to go by how we feel. I grew up in a very emotional church, I would say. And in that, everything was about emotion. Everything was about emotion. But you know what? Jesus gives us something so much more deeper, so much stronger. He gives us something so much concrete, more concrete. He gives us faith. That is evidence and substance. You know what he tells us? The just don't walk by their emotions. They don't walk by their senses. The just shall live by faith, not by sight. What is sight? Sight's one of your senses. Not the way it looks, not what you see, not what you feel, not what you've heard by by knowing. If you pray and you feel, you need to pray a little bit more. Because you need to know. Bodie Bauckham said this. Great quote. I'm glad he said it. Because y'all be mad at me for saying this. The Lord told me there's no substitute for the Bible says. But there's a whole lot of people walking around. A whole lot of people. I've had people come up to me and say, Well, Pastor, I've been praying about it and God told me to do this. And I wouldn't respond because I I had two choices. Either call them on it or call them a liar or, or, or to lie back to them and say, Well, that's good. Because there'd be times they'd tell me that, and I think, well, that ain't what he said in his word. And the whole crazy thing is, is God's schizophrenic if he's telling all of us something, he's telling you something different. Right? The Lord told me is no substitute for the Bible says. And if you're walking based on what you feel because of what you felt when you prayed, I guarantee you, you're going to end up fearful or confused or angry or just plain stupid. Jesus didn't ask, he did not ask us to follow him based on our emotion. How many of you have the same emotion every day? How many of you have the same emotion every hour? Because you can get one phone call and all that good emotion feeling was out the door, right? I mean, and he doesn't ask us. Come on, thank God. He doesn't ask us to follow him based on our emotions and feelings. That no matter how bad I feel today and no matter how how screwed up this world gets around me, I follow him in full confidence that he is still in charge and in control. Man, what, what an awesome gift to us he gives us by telling us we can follow him in faith. So, 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 so how do we do this? How do we do this? Okay, so let me, let me give you this. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of our feelings. Let me throw this out. Our feelings are not the earmark of God's direction. Okay? Your feelings. I know a lot of people think, I feel it until I know it was God. Nope. Might not have been. 
might not have been. When you know it, you know it. I mean, because here's one of the things we got to do. Let me just, let me just run through them right up here. Let me go to, go to the next slide so I can wrap this up. How to listen to God more closely. First one is we need to increase our regular intake of God's word. I mean, if you want to know what he's saying, you've got to read him more. You've got to take it in more. We need to get to the place. You need to get to the place where when you do feel something or hear something, you can answer for yourself. Did that sound like God? You know, I walked in the door when uh, the worship team was already rehearsing and practicing. I said, there's a familiar voice I hadn't heard in a while. Jamie was up here, you know. Now, instruments were playing. Other people were singing, but I heard a voice that I recognized. You see, when you listen to God enough, you will recognize his voice compared to everybody else's voice and all the other stuff that is out there. And I don't just mean how it sounds or feels. I mean in what it is saying because it will line up with his word. That's why you need to increase your, your regular intake of his word. Secondly, you need to decrease your intake of anything that is opposed to his word. I mean, if you're watching a TV show and it's got a lot of stuff that is opposed to his word, I'm not going to tell you you got to cut it out, but I'm going to tell you this. You need to decrease your intake of that if you want to hear his voice more and more and more. Or whatever it is, you got friends. I'm not saying unfriend them on Facebook, but you've got to make sure that you're not allowing what they're speaking to, to become part of your heart and part of your life. You've got to decrease your intake of whatever is opposed to his word. Thirdly, you've got to increase the amount of time you spend talking to God and listening to God. Now, some of us are really good about telling God all the things that we have on our heart, you know, all the things we need Him to fix or whatever, but then we don't take time to stop and listen. And so, you know, it's kind of like God's talking. It's like if I keep talking to 2 or 3 o'clock, there's not going to be many of you left, right? That's kind of the way it is with God, I think, sometimes. God's talking and everybody else is gone. You know, and I'm not saying you got to stay here to 2 or 3 o'clock. What I'm saying is 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon, though, you don't need to be sitting here, but you still need to be listening. Right? Increase our time that we talk to and, and listen to God. And lastly, expect confirmation. Let me, let me say this. I'm ra- I'm, this is a wrap-up right here. The Word of God says Scripture is not given for private interpretation. Okay, Scripture doesn't mean something to you and something to you and something different to you and something different to you and something different to me. It is not a private interpretation. Meaning that all this stuff where God tells us, you know, encourages us about wise counselors and the multitude of counselors and those kinds of things. He says several times in Scripture, I started to bring one, but I couldn't bring one. There were so many, I started to list them all for you, but it's just going to make it longer and right here, and I didn't want it to be. But over and over, several times in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament talks about every word being confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That when you hear something from God, you should expect a confirmation from somebody. Here's the problem is all we're doing is binging on, uh, I believe I heard Christian talk about Netflix binges yesterday. If we're, all we're doing is binging on Netflix, it's going to be hard for me to get a confirmation that God told me something unless that Netflix show, you know, is telling me the confirmation of that. It probably ain't going to happen. That's why I need to have people in my life that are speaking God's stuff into my life so it will confirm other things that I'm hearing. And, and I know... You know, there's this one scripture that we pull out of context and we say, but the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Yes, it does. That doesn't mean you go figure, do what you want to. That's not what it means. Work out. Y'all know what work out means? 
Anybody in, I, I am not in favor of workout. Okay. I have to be made to work out. And to, to get my place where I need to be with God spiritually, I, I, have, I have to be made to work out in that sometimes too. Okay? It's a workout. Work out your own. Because that's not the end of the verse. Work out, your, here's what it says, work out your own salvation with, with fear and trembling. Okay, a bunch of us remember that that was the end of that verse. But do you always quote it? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Expect confirmation. Don't pray and feel and take off running. Expect confirmation. You want to hear, you want to hear God, you want to listen to God better this year? There's your steps right there. Increase your intake of God. Decrease your intake of the stuff that's opposed to that. Increase your time with Him, talking and listening, and expect confirmation. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.